Amen. Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Common English Bible, and our reading today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 24. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a faraway land. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The first thing you might notice is that I have split this parable into two parts. And the reason being, I wanted to take a very close look at each son in this parable, because I think there's a whole story for each one. Now, in the reading that we have for today, we have a son who decides that he's heading out. And Jesus says this son decides that he wants his inheritance, and he's going to go. So the father gives him his inheritance, divides it up between his sons, and the younger is on his way, outliving his best life. So he thinks. He goes to a faraway land. And he wastes everything he had. The inheritance that he received proclaiming his father dead to him is gone. Soon he's got to hire himself out. And he starts longing for home. He starts thinking about home and goes, you know what? That's where I should have been. I can go back and be a hired hand for my father, and he'll take me in. Then I'll have plenty to eat. Then I'll be okay. And he rehearses his lines. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. He rehearses the line, gets down pet, and goes on his way. Before he gets home, his father spots him. 
runs to him, hugs and kisses him. And the son gets out the first part of his prepared speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But before he can finish, his father calls for servants to bring out the best robe and to put it on him, to put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. And he wants to fetch a fattened calf so they can slaughter it for a feast. Because his son was dead and has now come back to life. He was lost and is now found. And they celebrate. Now, of course, there's more to this parable. There's an older brother hanging out somewhere just on the periphery. But he'll come in next week. Today, I wanted to look at just this younger son. Because his story by itself is a complete story. His story is one of many ways that we can get lost. And unlike some of the other parables we've talked about, I wanted to start with how I read this. And the way I think Jesus presents this, and this will also play into how we read next week's reading, the second half of our parable. To me, this is a story about God's relationship with us. The son wanders away from where he should be, chasing after good times, chasing after what he thinks it is, he wants. And I think we can all relate to him in some way. His story, getting lost in wandering off the path. He's headstrong. He doesn't think he needs his father. He thinks he can manage on his own. The way sometimes we think we can manage without God. And it's only when he's away does he really stop to think about how good things were. How important that relationship was. He thinks, gosh, my father took care of the people that were around him. If I hadn't wandered away, I would still be right there with them. Right where I should have been. And what we get is a parable about someone who wanders away from God and slowly finds his way back. Now we could just read this as a story of why it's important to repent. Why it's important to always turn back to God. But there is another aspect to it that is just as important. Because this isn't just a story about somebody who goes, I've messed up and now I need to fix it. It's a story about somebody finding out they were always loved. Even when he wandered away, even when he declared that his father was dead to him, and all he wanted was the good things he could provide him to go do what he wanted. But there remained his father's love, God's love for us. 
I think one of the most startling revelations that we get from this is that the Father is there with open arms, joyous. It got me to thinking, is that what we expect from God? When we wander away from God thinking that we know what's best for us, that we know everything we need to be doing, that we've got a handle on things, why listen to God when there's so many things we could be out doing? So much fun we could be having. And one of the lessons that we get is that the sun comes back ready to grovel, ready to beg for just a minor place. Just to work. Just be in his father's presence just to get what little might be afforded to him so he can live. How often when we realize we've strayed are we worried about coming back to God? Thinking that we're such miserable failures that God must have grown tired of our shenanigans. By now God's got to be fed up. God must be sick of how silly we can be. That there's no way God is ready to say, no, you're still my child. You are still mine and I still love you. How often do we prepare our speeches trying to get the words just right, hoping they will be the right words? Something that this son learned from his wayward journey was something that he hadn't fully comprehended before. And that was his father's love. We could look at all sorts of other aspects of this, but the core that kept coming back to me was that he never would have left if he had understood how deep his father's love had been. He never would have demanded what he thought would be his, treated his father as if he were dead, wanting his inheritance, if he had just known. How often would we not stumble away? Would we not wander away from the path because we think we know better? that we think we know the best path for ourselves and we can take care of ourselves? How often do we forget how deep God's love is for us? And it raised an important question. How often do we underestimate, under-evaluate God's grace, God's love, and God's mercy for us. How often do we think that God must love us less because of the things we've done, of the places we've been? How often do we turn away, so ashamed of ourselves that we are afraid to face our Heavenly Father thinking we've gone a step too far this time and God must love us a lot less than he used to. 
But the thing that this parable tells me is that God's love for us isn't fickle. Excuse me. It isn't fleeting. It doesn't depend on which way the wind blows. It isn't here one moment and gone the next. It isn't like dust in the wind. It is steadfast and eternal. God's love for us is so deep that all he wants is for us to stay near to him. To recognize that that love is there and that he is rejoicing when we come back. That there is joy when we turn back. When we stop wandering away. The story isn't about God being disappointed and wrathful. Full of vengeance, upset over what we've done. It's about the joy of knowing we've come home. Now this is not the only way that we get lost. But it's one of the ways that we stop depending on God to be there for us. Because we stop depending on that love to carry us through and we stop trusting in that love. And we find ourselves wandering away from God. Now, next week, we'll talk about what it's like to be lost even in God's presence. And there will be another exploration of underestimating God's love when we are stuck in place. But for today, I wanted us to think about this younger son. About his journey and about his return. In our parable, the father doesn't say, where have you been? What have you done with everything I gave you? Why were you away so long? What have you been doing all this time? The journey home, back into that loving home, isn't one filled with interrogation and scorn. Quite the contrary. It is one of deep-seated love. Of boundless joy. For a child back where they belong. Back with the one who loves them so much that he would suffer death and humiliation on our behalf. Not to show us how pitiful we are. Not to show us how much we've wandered away. Not to scorn us for the mistakes we have made. But to remind us of how much we belong. Because of how much we are loved. And we must ask ourselves the question, how well do we accept that love? How much do we trust in that love? 
How much do we embrace that love that God has shown us? How well do we know when we are truly home? Amen.